This AIM Hometown Innovations podcast is sponsored by DLZ. As a municipal official, you are dedicated to your community. As your partner in municipal engineering and architecture, DLZ is dedicated to you. DLZ has been serving clients in Indiana for over a century. Our commitment to serve Hoosier cities and towns has resulted in long-term repeat clients who expect nothing less than experience, quality, cost management, and attention to project schedules. DLZ offers full-service engineering design, permitting, and construction inspection for water, wastewater, stormwater, transportation, environmental, parks, and municipal and landscape architecture, all managed by highly skilled and experienced professionals located in five Indiana office locations. We are proud to serve as AIM's strategic partner for engineering and architecture. Contact us at 317-646-2288 and visit our website at dlz.com. This is Matt Greller, CEO of AIM. Welcome to the Hometown Innovations Podcast. Join us as we share ways our municipalities are positioning themselves for the future, thought-provoking interviews with state and local leaders, and more. Thanks for listening as we tell the municipal story. Welcome to this episode of AIM's Hometown Innovations Podcast. This is Chelsea Schneider with AIM. And today I am with Bridget Anderson, who is the Indiana Director of the Creating Places Program. And this program is a really innovative program through the Indiana Housing Community Development Authority. So Bridget, thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Chelsea. So tell me, give me an overview of basically what Creating New Places is. So Creating Places was started in 2016 by the Indiana Housing Community Development Authority and is designed for communities to transform their public spaces. Um, And what that transformation looks like is activating an unused or vacant space and creating an opportunity for your community to engage in that space. And so that could be a park, an alley, or just a a local spot in your community where you'd like to see the community come together. And it's innovative in the fact that um, we uh, at Patronicity um, are a crowdfunding platform. And IHCDA partnered with us to allow communities to Um, raise funds online Um, and they actually gave an important incentive by providing a matching grant so communities will raise between five and fifty thousand dollars online and IHCDA will match that Um, and it's really designed to uh, for communities to get behind a project IHCDA is interested in investing in communities where communities are investing in themselves. Um, So an individual can donate $20, but you can get 100 people to donate $20, um, which makes an even larger investment. And so 
This uh, funding opportunity was a million dollars to start. This is the third round of funding. We're looking uh, to request the fourth round of funding. And we've been able to leverage um, $3 million of IHCDA funds and raise 2.5, which is pretty powerful. Um, it's a way for state dollars and community dollars to go even further. Um, and it's a really exciting collaboration that um, is designed to empower communities to build vibrant spaces. What sort of successes have Indiana cities and towns seen through this program? We've had 86 projects throughout the state, which is a lot. Um, so we're um, in most counties and cities, um, but we'd love to see more because the success we've seen, um, some of it's anecdotal, right? In uh, Wabash, Indiana, we worked um, to support their riverfront project and they created a nice little uh, river walk plaza. Um, and they actually saw some local investment um, because um, an ice cream shop decided to locate um, right in the river walk because they saw the foot traffic there and an opportunity um, to grow a business. And so stories like that are happening in communities across um, the state of Indiana because of this project. Um, but it's also these kind of sweet anecdotal things that are also happening where um, in uh, Nashville, Indiana, they're doing a skate park because a young kid wanted an opportunity to skate and didn't have a place. So um, uh, he gathered a group of people and his mom became his champion and advocate and now they're building a skate park. Um, so some of it is just individual stories of connection to space, um, but on a larger scale, it's economic development and quality of place and quality of life projects that really are redefining how our communities see themselves and their potential. So you're saying some of the projects are going beyond what you would expect a standard project to yeah. be and really tapping into the health and wellness of the community. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so we've done a lot of um, exciting green space projects. Um, one of them is a greenhouse located in Mishawaka. It's actually the community education greenhouse because the folks in Mishawaka um, decided to pair with a local landscaping club in order to complete the project. So they're building a greenhouse and um, it's an opportunity to empower young people to learn about fruits and vegetables. It's an opportunity to empower the community to access fruits and vegetables learn about um, what health and wellness looks like from a food source um, and it has the potential not in Mishawaka's case but projects like that have the potential to solve the issues facing um, communities when it comes to food deserts and access to healthy food so in Bedford um, they did a, a project called the Bedford Community Gardens which again allows the community to learn about gardening and what it means to grow and produce their own food and plants. When a mayor or town leader, when they have this whole list of projects, you know, they have going on, what advice would you give them in terms of identifying what sort of project would be good for this this sort of program, this sort of crowdfunding? Yeah, it's twofold. So one of my favorite questions to ask communities is what makes your community unique or special? Because that kind of taps into who the community is, what they value, um, the history and the culture of the community. And so that's kind of the first step is to think about um, what blank canvas do you have? Um, thinking about a project we did um, 
in Greencastle with the Putnam County murals, they had eyesores of silos. They just were blank and old, and now they're turning them into a canvas for murals, right? And so um, at first, you know, a community might not see the potential in a space. So in, we usually invite them to think about um, the things that mean a lot to them first, um, and then try to, uh, the second suggestion would be create a team. Meet with other local community members or artists or people in your community who have ideas. The mayor doesn't have to come up or you know town manager doesn't have to come up with all the solutions on their own and we find um, and it's actually one of the best practices for a crowdfunding campaign is to create a team. Uh, get a group together so you can share ideas, you can share a network um, and from one angle, I think um, communities are often hesitant um, because it feels overwhelming or you know, they are not sure how to navigate a process, but it could be that there are people in your community who do. And so it's amazing what happens when people get together and share ideas. And so our job is to help folks navigate through that process. So we're open to folks coming with us with a random thought or a random question. Uh, the Creating Places program is really designed um, as an innovative approach to funding. Um, so we'll entertain whatever suggestions or ideas uh, that people can bring to the table. What would you say about the crowdfunding component specifically? You know, maybe a community is like, oh my goodness, this is so different from how I fund. You know, normal projects, does does this work? You yeah. Know? yeah what would you say to that? So. There's a hes hesitancy to try crowdfunding. It seems, you know, trendy. Um, but the reality is that's the way in which fundraising is going. The majority of donors are donating online. And so uh, two things. One, we um, tell our communities crowdfunding is not a replacement for traditional funding. It's just a, way, a better way to extend your reach. So um, many communities already have skill in that, right? They know what it means to talk to your local businesses or, or um, organizations to ask them to donate. And then the second thing um, I think is really important when we talk uh, about any hesitancy to crowdfund is that um, most of these communities have been surprised at the amount they've been able to raise in a short amount of time. Um, that sense of uh, timeline or pressure can sometimes feel uh, overwhelming, but that actually creates a greater sense of urgency for your donors. Um, one of the suggestions that we make is that you connect um, the funding opportunity to something that is tangible in the community. So for example, a park bench that might cost you know $200. Well, an individual will more likely pay for a park bench because it's connected to their space in their community and um, it incentivizes them in a, in a really unique way that you wouldn't find anywhere else. Um, with Patronicity, we um, pride ourselves on our 94% success rate with these campaigns, which is really inspiring on one hand, but it's mostly because we understand understand the power of the grant as a matching tool and we also understand the power of creative placemaking um, which is very unique in a crowdfunding model um, because folks will feel much more connected to space than they will be a stranger who's crowdfunding for a burrito.
Yeah, definitely. I mean, that success rate is really, it's inspirational it's, when it comes it's to, It's really yeah. inspiring, and it's because dedicated community members um, see a vision and have a plan for the improvements they want to make in their community. Um, and without these community champions, which is sometimes we call them, uh, we also call them project creators, um, but we typically find um, that they really are the champions of their community. Um, we like to go visit some of the sites and the projects, and the overwhelming theme we have of these individuals in their community is they could spend the entire day showing us around their their towns and their communities about what makes them special and taking pride in that place and crowdfunding is just enabling you to spread that quickly and easy and easier than giving everyone around the country a tour of your community so to wrap up the podcast what do you hope the lasting legacy is of creating places you know because IHCDA decided to partner with patronicity how does this make Indiana a better place in the end? Yeah, the inspiring thing about creating places in IHCDA's investment is that it has these um, quantitative but qualitative aspects where we're seeing folks create farmers market and those farmers markets will go on as long as everyone is inspired to to come to that farmers market um, it's changing our downtowns aesthetically um, which has a potential to really drive investment um, and you know one of the things that I think is going to be the long-term uh, benefit of this work and you know one of the challenges I know aim is identified is uh, communities are losing population and if they feel uniquely connected and tied to the city or space they're more likely to stay and so our hope is that our communities around the state will not only be empowered to keep doing this work but can see the long-term benefits of that investment not only from a financial and economic um, perspective but kind of on a long-term quality of life um, perspective so creating places is um, unique um, but it is, um, in our opinion, it's really expediting a granting process and providing communities a chance to do this work on their own. Well, great. Well, thank you so much, Bridget. Yeah. We really appreciate your time. Thank you, Chelsea. I appreciate the time. This AIM Hometown Innovations podcast was sponsored by DLZ.